um, God laid it on my heart to have a session on the subject of praying and fasting. Actually, we're not going to do any um, morning sessions um, and weekends, but God laid this upon my heart strongly on the subject of praying and fasting. And like I said yesterday, having laid it on my heart, I, con I communicated it to Bishop um, um, Francis, uh, Bishop Francis Waloke, and um, actually what happened, because it's important we say this thing, so some of you know what goes on in background, he called me the day before yesterday and said he's sorry, he will not be able to do the morning session because he has already committed himself to speaking in e-learning this morning. So he was to go to e-learning by 5 a.m., speak there, and then come back in the evening, which I accepted. But um, when he came yesterday, he said, uh, the Holy Ghost said, he should do this fasting session. So he sent somebody else to speak at Elorin this morning. All right. So sometimes it's very, you know, some things go on behind, all right? Uh, in fact, when the speaker comes, another speaker had canceled, then supernaturally yesterday again said he has to come because his passport was already full and there was no way they're going to put the visa, but he has confirmed that. Uh, the Lord has opened the door. So, you see, we go through some things behind when we are planning that um, we just stomach uh, right, it, and, <laughs> and then we know God has answered our prayers. You understand? See? All right, then. So, I want to speak on the subject of praying and fasting. Now, historically speaking, the concept, and even by its name, it's termed the West Africa Faith Believers Convention, and one of the things, major pillars about the vision was the restoration of fundamental truths that birthed what we have, the charismatic movement, where the central message of that movement was the word of faith. Now, and a lot of people, and this is one of the things we have to correct, a lot of people who therefore belong to that stream of word of faith there, and I believe Satan just played a trick on the minds of people. Therefore, because of their revelation about uh, the word of faith and the practice of faith, don't see, all right, clearly the significance and the importance of fasting. And when Jesus taught on the subject of fasting, he connected it directly to the efficacy or to release and to unleash the power that is in the concept of word of faith. Because his disciples said, I mean, the scripture that defined the movement was Mark 11, 23, 24, and 25. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he is saying shall come to pass, he will have it. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you have received them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. So on those three pillars of declaration of God's word uh, with commanding authority, praying and then forgiveness or walking in love, on those three things, all right, was the movement built. However, Jesus, when he came to talk about the need to pray and fast, what had happened was the disciples had tried to cast out a devil and they could not. And so Jesus spoke to the demon, and the demon came out. And then they went to meet Jesus and said, why could we not cast him out? And then Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and then repeated Mark 11:23, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will obey you. Then he added, how be it? This kind cometh not except by prayer and fasting. In other words, for you to have the full-blown manifestation of that faith movement, there will be exceptions, which means there are certain things you will not be able to reach without you practicing, all right, praying in what will term a consecrated fast. And so somewhere the enemy did that to remove that aspect. And historically speaking, it's just that the person who taught it went into such grievous error 
that they keep, I mean, institutionally, nobody. In fact, I have a document where T.L. Osborne wrote about this individual, Gordon Lisley, the lectures they wrote to him, that it was the 21-day fast that you taught that we practiced that brought about a breakthrough in our ministry. But in order for the name of the person not to leak so that people don't hear it, I'm going to go into error again. All right? I refuse to bring the letter because if we read the letter, you can just Google keywords and <laughs> before they say it's possible to that, allow this man back through the door. And how did I find him out? How did I find out about him? One day I was interviewing Reverend Miko and he just talked about some of the errors they dealt with in the 70s and I knew that there was something in what he said. And I went to check and I saw it. And I realized, because from 19, the, the healing revival started in 1947 and lasted, all right, for 10 years, which is called, called the voice of healing. Prior to that time, they had had concentrated conventions where it will be nothing else but seven days of praying and fasting with 14,000 people in the auditorium, fasting and prayer. And that led to the breaking forth of that movement, which now moved into what we call the word of faith. They are people like our robots, and they started coming out of that movement, but they practiced it. But because of the errors that happened, nobody wanted to go into it, all right, or mention it, and somehow, all right, it gets lost on this generation. So I want to lay a foundation. I just want to lay a foundation for something before Bishop Franz uh, Waluke comes to speak. And he alluded to some of these things, um, and this is what these babas know, all right? They have those books. I know what I know. I know they have the books, all right? They are not saying it, but they have, I know. If you listen to them, I know. In fact, the first meeting that um, Bishop Oedipo spoke, I told a colleague of mine, said, that thing is that, this is that information, all right? But, but it got so bad in Nigeria that in university people were fast, you know, they were no longer eating and said that body odor would change by fasting. All right? They called it body salvation. It was terrible. So nobody wants to, all right, mention it lest anybody. In fact, you have to be careful when you pray, preach fasting and prayer because a young man in this church, they called me. He declared no water, nothing. 60, the family was calling me, so you have to, <laughs> you have to be balanced about about these things. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they asked him, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a protege to Pastor Pochumadi. That's his no work fasting. So I had to force him out of the fast. So that's why people are confused. I'm just saying this here. Now, so laying a foundation for fasting, all right, in the New Testament, first of all. Now, Satan knows how powerful this tool is. So he has tried to stop the body of Christ from entering into it by planting first and foremost a seed of pride. That is, we say we have Abraham as our father, that mentality that the Jews had, and so they don't subject themselves to certain things. Satan knows clearly that he was the spoken word in the midst of a consecrated fast by Jesus that put, that put paid, all right, to him and gave birth to the ministry of Jesus. He knows what happened. He knows that Jesus, after he was filled with the Holy Ghost, went into a 40-day fast and then returned in the power of the Spirit. So he understands that, that there is a conversion that occurs from an infilling to demonstration when people get into that fast. And that it was then he tempted Jesus thrice and he was defeated completely by Jesus. And it led to Jesus coming out and saying, these scriptures are now fulfilled in your eyes. So he understands that. And he knows if the body of Christ grasps that truth, it's game over. So praying in a consecrated fast there is the means through which what we have heard moves to... All right, seeing God's hand perform it. So we can't be carrying what we have heard, what we have heard, insights and insights. But it is a praying in a consecrated fast where you are interacting with the word of God and declaring that word out of your lips that moves from the place, moves you from the place of what we have heard. 
and you get to a place where you see the hand of God perform it. What do we mean by this? First Kings chapter 8 and verse 15. First Kings chapter 8 and verse 15. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David my father, and hath with his hand fulfilled it, saying, which means when Solomon built the temple, he said, what God spoke to my father, his hand has now fulfilled it. So there is the word of God or his promise. Then there is the hand of God that comes to bring about the fulfillment of what God has said. And so how do we secure this hand? Ezra chapter 8 from verse 21 to verse 23. This was Ezra. He was leading, going back to Jerusalem. And what had happened was he had to go to the rebuilding of Jerusalem, the temple there, and some of the precious vessels. He had to transport it through a very dangerous area back then that was filled with bandits. And he said this in Ezra chapter 8. I want to show the hand of God here. He said, then I proclaimed a fast there. Now, these people knew something. I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. Now, why did he do that? He now went on. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, it's just like us going to the world and saying, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, saying the promises of God, who we are in Christ. Now, he said, when the push came to shore and the robber hit the road, he said, listen, we have said it is not enough to bring it about. We have to secure something else. So he proclaimed the fast. And he said that, so that what we are saying, he said, because we had spoken, saying the hand of our God is upon them for good that seek him, but his power and wrath is against them that forsake him. Verse 23, so we fasted and besought the Lord for this. And then when they secured the hand of God, you see this, and he was entreated of us. So something happened. After that, he said, now let's start arranging. Verse 24, he now went to us. Then I separated, which means after he had conducted the fast. It's just like saying you are going through an area and there are bandits there. And you can't ask for mobile policemen. So what do you do? You resort to fasting. Do you understand what I'm saying? To gain heavenly security. All right? Resort to fasting there. To bring it about. Let's see another case here. 1 Kings 18 from verse 41. 1 Kings 18 from 41 to 46. And then Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of the abundance of rain. So he heard a sound. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Now for Elijah to have said, You go and eat and drink, he did the opposite. And Elijah went up to the top of Camel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said unto his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time, he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain. So he heard the sound, but when the hand came, he said, now the manifestation. Look at verse 45. And he says, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds. So he moved from what I heard to manifestation. And there was great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And verse 46, and the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance that word before means ran past Ahab alright now folks if you have um, the image I sent now could you put it up now 
And let me tell you this. You see, they were going with question mark. Somebody else jumped across. Now, you know, I've been asking God because I was seeing how the thing was for 2020. So I was trying impossible. I said, we have no, nothing shall be impossible. But it wasn't crystallizing until uh, first pastor, Libby Johnson, sent me a WhatsApp message. He said, 2020 is the year of quantum leaps. As I said, last year was quantum leap. This one is quantum leaps. Are you following me? So you are not just leaping once. There must be several leaps. Do you get what I'm saying now? And this kind of leap, which will leave question marks on people running. Do you get what we're saying here? That taking off is what happened with Elijah. So let me tell you, don't believe for one, don't believe for two. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Don't believe for one. All right. When we're prophesying during watch night service, I remembered. When we say God is a year of rest, that there will be a reproduction, all right, which means a multiplication of things that have happened. So listen, go on every side. Every month. Do you get what I'm saying here? Don't, don't say that we are believing for this. The same energy to take you to get one, that thing will branch into 12. Alright? So, what was the importance, alright, about this fasting here? I said this before several times. I went, one time I was in South Africa and there was a major, major, major faith ministry that had an office in South Africa and they were thinking of coming to Nigeria. So they asked a couple of, a few pastors, all right, just to meet with them, to talk to them about facilitating uh, opening their office. And so when I got into the boardroom of the place, um, I talked with them about it and then... The lady now said to me that, um, so will you have lunch? And I, I, was, I wasn't fasting, but I'd eaten in the hotel, so I just said, no, I'll just have water. And she looked at Nigerians, you can fast too much. Don't you know Jesus has finished the work? And I said, if we reverse what you are saying, you are saying, we should go and eat and drink, for Jesus has finished the work. Isn't that the meaning of it? Isn't that what the meaning of it? It's the only sound you will hear. <laughs> only thing you will know is the sound. You won't know the manifestation. By God's grace, we'll be honoring Apostle Joseph Babala on Friday. <laughs> Let me tell you what made Nigerian church explode. A mixture of the revelation of Tulsa with Apostle Babalala's revelation, which is stayed there in fasting until God comes. Both of two strings met. That's what characterized Nigeria. They asked one prominent during, I mean, the Church of God, yeah, the Church of God in Christ is the, you know, when they had the Azusa. The Aziza broke into two. All right? Based on racism. One was the Church of God in Christ, which is a black church. The second became the Assemblies of God. The Church of God in Christ, which has the black. So you have people who, grandparents who are with Jack Seymour. They were talking to somebody. I won't mention his name, but very powerful minister. But he went into error, all right, in some about 10 years ago. And they asked him in an interview, he said, my grandmother always said to me, prayer is one wing, fasting is the second. You can't take off on one wing. That if we learned anything from the Azusa, it takes two wings to take off. Now, so let's go to where the problem is. In other words, it is not, the finished work means, it is not in your attainment, but is in the atonement of Christ. Which means, you have what you have because of what Jesus did. That's the problem. That's what's causing the problem. So, the atonement, right, started, let's look at the nature of the thing. Because the writer 
of the finished work, the writer, the person who wrote finished work, is Paul. Huh? Uh-huh. So before you misunderstand what Paul said, look at what Paul did. Your revelation must match his practice. Or else you don't understand what he wrote. If something is his lifestyle and you are getting revelation that contradicts the lifestyle of the writer, you have a problem. The writer said in fastings often, the writer, the person who gave you the finished work, the person that died, the person that died, they came to meet him when he was fasting, when he was on the earth, and the disciples were at, at all parties, eating and drinking. They said the disciples of John fast. The disciples of the Pharisees fast. Why are your disciples not fasting? Jesus said, leave them. It's because I'm around. When I am gone, in that day, isn't that after he went? Which means when I finish the work, they will start fasting. Is Satan playing games on people's minds. He knows that the minute you combine I won't mention his name, but if I tell you to keep it three big ministers in the country that are into fast, not even that relate with word of faith, that having them saying people that is pure CSC apostolic church people. One of them sent somebody to my office. He said they bought sixty of my messages on faith. Sixty. This is senior man. He said, I like the way you teach faith. I want to understand something. I knew what he was doing. Mixing that thing. So you might be giving sound. They are giving birth. Alright? I want to preach for a senior minister in this country. His workforce, pastors, training. And I got to this scripture where he said, there is a sound, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I said, there are many people in this country who gave sound to things. Revelation, that other people heard the sound and breathed in prayer. Two of them were there. They they almost jumped off their seats. Yeah! Like, ah, this is what happened. This is what happened. You'll be explaining. Explaining. They will just be jotting. After you have finished explaining, then they enter into fast. You will explain the whole book. They have prayed one word. But you know what? When you explain, they will come to your meeting. Because Jesus attended where the Pharisees were teaching. So that he could know what was inside the book. You don't know. So what did Paul say in 2 Corinthians all right, 11 and verse 27? In weariness and in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger, so there was hunger, where there was no food, in thirst, is different, but he says, in fastings often. The meaning of that word in Greek there means voluntary abstinence from food for religious exercises as it was done on the day of atonement. Do you hear what I said? Vote at the day of atonement. Which means being the writers who were Jewish, they understood that they were dealing with the atoning sacrifice of Jesus and when you go back there, there was something that God asked of them to do on the day of atonement. So put up Leviticus 16 from verse 29. Now, on the day of atonement, which was the day the high priest went into the holiest of all once a year to offer blood for the sins of the people, which the Bible says the way into that place was not yet made manifest, was evident. It was called the Yom Kippur, the most important day in the calendar of Israel. It was the most sacred day in the Jewish calendar. The future of Israel depended on that sacrifice. But God gave them certain ordinances. And in the midst of it, 
he required as the priest high priest was offering there in the holiest of all God required a response from the people and the response was on that day as the offering is being placed on the altar you must be in a place of fasting and what he showed was that the sacrifice was something provided outside of them but for them to benefit from the sacrifice God required that they humble their souls now humble themselves now to humble yourself this is the point you need to get to humble yourself means to surrender your will to God in other words you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God you surrender your will to God thank you for listening to today's podcast to listen to the full message or any other message please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org for any inquiries please call 0818-600-0082 God bless you says to us our light affliction worketh for us an eternal weight of glory while we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are not seen for the things that are seen are temporal but the things that are not seen which means when you get to the point where you can see now if there are angels here and this place is 10 feet let's say it goes down 10 story building and there are angels here at the bottom that say jump and they are there with their hands. Jump, jump, jump. And nobody can see them. And there's a fridge there. And you say, let me test. And you throw the fridge. And the fridge hangs in the air. And you see them drop the fridge. Then you know. If they say jump, everybody is saying you are jumping into air. But you know you are jumping into safe hands. There is no risk in faith. You are not taking a risk. To those who haven't seen, you are taking a risk. In fact, faith is not a bold move. Faith is a logical move. It is the logic of the spirit realm. Do you get what we're saying here? Because God has given you the evidence of things not seen. If you have the evidence of something, then it's no longer... That's why the Bible says that where his boasting is excluded. If I give you the evidence of it, then there's nothing. I've told this story several times. I was watching one um, talent show many years ago, and he was in America, and they were evicting the people I felt could sing. And I got very angry. I switched off my television. What's going on here? I got to evicting these people. So I called my brother. How are you surviving this? He said, What's your problem? I said they're evicting and they're about to evict this person. He said the show is over. That you guys are three weeks behind. I said, okay. So who won? He said, the lady you are, you are, you are troubling yourself, they're about to evict, is the winner. I said, is that so? So yes. I went back to the show, put on TV. <laughs> now I had evidence. Other people around me that were watching didn't have that evidence. Are you following me? Yeah. When you see something others don't see, then you are calm. So when the sound started, by eviction sound, I was relaxed. Because I had inside what? Information. Now, so let's see what happens. Job chapter 42 and verse 5. Job chapter 42 and verse 5. Look how it says. I have heard of thee 
by the word hearing of the ear. But now my eye seeth thee. Look, you know, the beginning of this faith thing is if you would say to this mountain, be thou removed, which means you are prophesying to the mountain. But a prophet is a seer. A prophet is not a speaker. A prophet is a what? Seer. Now, let me give you the scripture. Ezekiel chapter 13 and verse 3. Look at what he says. Thus hear the Lord, woe to these foolish prophets that, have, that follow their own spirit and have what? Seen nothing. Which means they are saying something, but they have what? Seen nothing. So the prophet ministry, an authentic prophet, is not one that is speaking. Is one that has seen what he is what? Saying. So if there is no vision there, which means you have not seen anything, that means when God says, before a person speaks, that person must have seen something. And it's based on what they have seen that they now decide to now speak. So, you can be in a class and they're teaching and teaching and you have difficulty understanding the subject. And after the time you say, oh my goodness, I see it now. I see it. It's now clear. So, during a fast, you get to the point, what you are believing God for, you see. Then you understand faith is a gift, it's not by works. Are you following saying? There is not human effort that produces faith. It is the unveiling of God that produces faith. And it's during that fast that what people have heard that they have a nudging inside their heart about, that they enter into that place of praying and fasting there to get about that uncovering there. So let's look at it here. And all great people that did it. So faith is not blind. We walk by sight when we walk in faith. The sight of a better kind. Not the optical nerve, but the nerve of the Holy Spirit. Men who did great things came to know the truth. They that know their God, all of them saw something. They didn't just hear a voice. Look at what Peter said in Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 15 to 17. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be after my disease to have these things in remembrance. Now he said, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. But what did he say? But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Eyewitness means we saw something. Look at the next verse. He said, for he received from God the Father honor and glory where there came such a voice unto him from excellent glory so when they heard the voice at the same time they saw that's why God says what seest thou what seest thou which means they saw something and they saw they were eyewitnesses now it came as a voice but then that voice was translated into sight so faith comes by hearing, but it's when what you have heard gets converted and you do what? See something. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see something. That it, it, you heard something. That's how it comes. But really the faith on the inside, now when a person is established, they have seen something. So the woman with the issue of blood must have seen something. As they were listening to the preaching, they saw something. The lame man, as they were preaching, and Paul was preaching, and when Paul said he saw, which means the man saw something. That's why Elijah told Elijah. He said, how can I have a double portion of your anointing? He said, when I'm taken, if you can see, if you can see, that literal translation says, if you can see the way I am seeing. So, he says, if we have the same sight, as of that time, he says, now my anointing, you can take it. Which means, you see things the way I see them. That's what he meant there. 
And that's what Elisha did to his servant. His servant tells us that they were in a situation in Second Kings chapter 6 from verse 16. Second Kings chapter 6. Yeah. And he says, and he answered, fear not, because they were surrounded by armies. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, you cannot come out of fear by just saying, I will not be afraid. I'm telling you, I will not be afraid. They cock the gun. I'm telling you, I will not, I'm telling you, I will not be afraid. I'm telling you, I will not be afraid. But if, when they cock the gun, you see an angel, and that angel is 18 feet high, beside the person cocking the gun, and the angel stretches out the hand and says, waves to you. Don't worry. You know, when we were in school, there was a very young boy, young, small guy, they were playing a football match in sports center. Two halls. And he, he got agitated. And this small boy, who, and a, a bigger guy, and this bigger guy, I think, was supporting his own team. The, the bigger guy just threw water on him. And as he threw water on him, the small guy, you know, he's like, you are small. So the guy was chancing him. Next, I just saw this guy. Later on, I got to know his family very well. In fact, his members were in church, in our fellowship. So I went to their house one day to see them. All right? And I saw this guy there. I said, who is this? I don't remember this guy. I called the guy. Who is this? He says, my brother. Your brother? He said, yes. Because they were gentle. But this dude, he just got up, seeing that young boy being chanced, and he just started walking around. By tear for me, King Bo. I was walking around. Slap him, and I went enter the fight. As that small boy saw that guy saying, By tear for me, he just only got... He was now trying... This guy, he was intimidating him. He now got energized. So to try to slap him. Of course, that guy now knew that if I allow this boy to slap me, I will have to retaliate. When I retaliate, this guy is coming into the fight. So his people started pulling him away. Now, that small boy saw something. Are you following what I'm saying here? When your eyes are opened, the minute no exercise was required on his part, the minute the big guy, he saw him, he knew I'm okay. So when he said, there are more with us than against us, the servant looked at Elisha. I believe you, prophet. They are more with us than against us. The prophet knew there was a problem. So look at the next verse. Fear not. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Faith cometh by hearing. You hear it. Then, do you understand this? You see it. It's when you see it, the substance enters you. But it comes by what? Hearing. So you hear it so you know what to see. So look at what he prayed there. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses, chariots of fire about Elijah. Do you think any energy or effort was required on the path of that young man to know with all certainty that these people have lost? No effort was required on his part. If it was by just repeating it, they are more with us than against us. 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 As you are sleeping, you hear noise. They are more with us than against us. They are more with us than against us. They are more... That's metaphysics. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed... The word revealed means to uncover. The word revealed means to eyes to see. He says, but. So you know what those giants understood? When they hear something and there's movement in their heart and there's conviction about it. Are you from saying that? So God opens your eyes 
and there is that unveiling and this is what a fast actually does which means when you are in a fast you move from a place of just having head to a place where you are now seeing and then when you begin to see you can easily act on what you have seen people that did great things didn't just hear things they saw things Joshua before he went to the walls of Jericho saw something the captain of the Lord's host Moses he saw something the burning bush these people had encounters with God where God revealed things to them and they saw it. That's where visions begin to come in. Peter himself, when he saw that sheet that came down, that God told him, go to the Gentile, he was fasting. That's why the Bible says he got hungry. So he hadn't eaten. And that's when the sheet came down. And he said, now I have seen it. And then the minute he saw it, all what he understood which means all the stuff that he had been programmed with, which is Gentiles, are not part of it, Gentiles. The minute he saw that, he knew that Gentiles. Uh, you see, all the rational. You see, if you had to take him through men, then you'd be taking him. You'd be taking him. You say, no, uh, what about this one? Uh, what about that? But the minute he saw the sheets, he said that. Paul that was shouting to kill, the minute he saw. You know when God said, let there be light. Light is sight, not sound. He didn't say, let there be sound. He said, let there be what? Light. Light is not a sound, though. Light is what you do what? See. When the thing comes to just hearing, and I've said this is the challenge this generation has. They have heard a lot, but have seen nothing. People that are doing great things may not have read all the books you have read, but what they know, they've gone to the mountaintop. And when they got to the mountaintop, they saw the Lord and came back with what they saw. And based on that. That's why when Bishop was talking yesterday and said, after all the fasting, he saw something. He saw the... You see, you see something. Right? He heard something before he entered the fast. In the fast, he did what? He saw something. And the minute he saw it, then there's a manifestation of that particular thing. So, books you have read that you heard things... If you enter into a fast and you reread the books while in a fast, you start seeing what the Lord said, not just hearing what the Lord said. When you hear, which means you have read it, you know what you do with it? Explain to everybody and argue with everybody and debate over it and quote the Greek or quote the Hebrew and be correcting people up and down. But when you have seen something, you go and execute what you have seen. Once you see, there's an assignment. Are you following what I'm saying there? There's an assignment. You just go and execute what you have seen. And you go and carry it out. That's why John said, that which we have heard, which we have done what? Seen. Which our eyes have what? Looked upon. Which our hands have what? Handled. He said, but other people, they are hearers only. They haven't seen anything. He says, but a man who is a hearer only, he looks at him and forgets. He says, but who is the doer of the work? A man who continues to look into the perfect law of liberty. In other words, is what he's seen. Because you can only be transformed not by what you heard, but by what you see. For with an open face we behold as in a mirror. The glory of the Lord. Are you following me? So there are things you have heard, which is the sound of the abundance of rain. A fast takes you to the place you start what? Seeing. And there's that translation there. I preached. Let me just tell you this. Let me just show close by saying something. I preached, preached, preached for years. You know, you can be preaching, but you won't see anything. Even what you are preaching, you may not have seen it. Uh, you remember those two people when they were talking about Jesus they went to Jesus' grave in Luke chapter 24 Jesus was raised he came to meet them they were talking about Jesus Jesus was there they didn't know he was Jesus they told Jesus are you a stranger in this town Jesus are you a stranger in this town have you not heard he says why are you people sorrowful he said have you not heard are you a stranger you just come you are talking to Jesus then you are telling Jesus which means you can be look listen see you know listen 
You know those um, the, the people um, when the angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah there? You know the scripture says that the angels struck them with blindness and they stood at the entrance of the door and could not see the way in. They went round. Now, without seeing, you'll be going round something for years. They knew that they were there, but they didn't see the way in. So you can know things in your heart, but if you don't see anything. Now, they were with Jesus. They told Jesus, are you a stranger? Jesus said, no. What happened? Ah, so he opened the Bible, and as they were walking down the road, he was sharing. Now, they can be sharing, but you still haven't seen. Sharing. At the end of the sharing, they said, then Jesus opened their eyes. Then they saw. Then they now said, did our hearts not burn within us? Which means, you can be listening to a message and your heart is burning. Your heart is burning. Your heart is burning. But the very thing you should do is write in front of you. So of course, how do you go on television? And, you know, as God will have it, somebody was riding on the motorcycle. He just got down, came to church. He was marketing manager of STV. He said, I just believe you should be on television. I said, do you know me from anywhere? He said, no. He was just marketing, but, but maybe he was just psyching me, but the Lord was there. Come on television. I said, how much? He told me. All the money saved in the bank will have paid 13 weeks after that. Who sent you? Do you get what I'm saying? Do you go to come? Let me tell you what happened. So I put on the television once and listened to Brother Copeland. He was speaking with somebody. He said, there is a pastor listening to me right now. The size of your congregation is this. Exact size of your congregation. You say you cannot go on television because you don't have money. The way to do it is go. So I put off the TV. And said, let us do what? Go. So we went and gave 13 weeks. If we perish, perish. The day we went on television, Wednesday, May 4th, the next day, an elderly friend of mine came to meet me. He said, Analaji saw you on television, Muslim. He said, tell that pastor, that young man, I know he's your friend, to go and start breaking the walls of his church. What I heard him say, that place he's using can't contain him. Tell him to start breaking the walls of Muslim. Tom. Then this was morning broadcast. So they said, we, STV said, we're only doing morning. Suddenly they opened afternoon belt. So I told them, convert the money to afternoon. They said, no, the contract is money. Afternoon, you have to pay. Till tomorrow, where the money came from, I do not know. And, and I'll close by saying this. Within six months, when the marketing manager came to collect money, he said, Pastor, I can see you are signing the check with ease. He said, the first time there was tension. <laughs> he said, but you are relaxed. You are just signing with ease. Let me tell you, every single person here, the next major thing you need to do is right in front of you. Are you following what I'm saying? The frustration, you know, Jesus doesn't like it when you say, I can't see he said, if you had said you were blind, I would have opened your eyes. But when you say, I can't see, sight has always been the battle. From the beginning, he said, if you eat of it, you will see. And when you see, he said, you become like God. He said, oh. if you ask him to open your eyes, so that this conference doesn't become discussion again. That's why last night we prayed for a spirit of vision. Paul, they said, preached for a long time. He didn't see any change. Then Paul realized that God gave them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened. 
if the fact that you are born again already confided on you, Paul would not pray that prayer. If it was that you are, the day you got born again, you are seeing everything, Paul would not have prayed that prayer. The only reason why, you say, I read the word of God and I cannot see what to do about my situation, is that you don't, you're not, your eyes are not open. So just for two minutes, let's just rise to our feet and begin to pray. And ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that that particular situation that God will open your eyes. So you are not just hearing, but you are seeing. That you are seeing that the veil is taken off. What you are to do next in that ministry, what you are to do next in that church, what you are to do next in the marriage, what you are to do next in that business. The door has already been opened. God is waiting for you to walk through it. But you have to see the way of escape. The atonement has secured it. But fasting and prayer delivers the benefit of it to you. It's not your fasting and prayer that will make God do it. He has done it. But your fasting and prayer will make you see what God has done. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, like we have cried unto you, may your spirit of vision rest upon this conference. Let men leave this place seeing things, seeing things, seeing businesses, seeing ministries, seeing things in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.